You are now listening to Soul Power to the People podcast with Tess Fregera. It's a podcast designed to bring awareness on intended or unintended crimes against humanity, how we can rise above it, claim our divine inheritance, and return the soul power to the people. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Soul Power to the People podcast. Today, we're diving into another fascinating conversation about entrepreneurship, innovation, personal transformation, despite of and because of the COVID lockdowns. Our guest today is a true powerhouse. She's not just an owner of one successful business, but three. And I would like to hear more about her journey overcoming the atrocity of 2020 and beyond. So Sarah, Sarah Mueller is currently an owner of three businesses. She's a serial entrepreneur. She has started many small businesses over the years. She also worked in the corporate world for 15 years in the IT department of Fortune 200 company. Her current businesses include Minnesota Nightlight, providing residential landscape lighting design and installation services. Another one is Watchdog Goose Patrol. I remember this one. Selling plastic dog decoy silhouettes that are used as goose and deer deterrents. And she's the inventor and manufacturer of this product and sells them through her website in Amazon, in Lowe's, in Ace Hardware and stores around the U.S. So she has had this business since 2007 and has celebrities and very prominent properties that use her products, including at the base of the Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island, West Point Naval Academy, and many celebrity homes in the Hamptons. Her other business, which will be the one we're going to talk about today, is Best Me 360, providing personal styling and life coaching services here in Minnesota. She opened her first location in the beginning of 2020 and now has three locations. Oh, wow. What a journey. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being here. Yes. Yes. Thank you for having me. Okay. Wow. So... 2020 and now three. And I remember some of our conversations during 2020. What did you actually launch Best Me 360? Yeah. So this business has been a long time coming. Uh, My daughter went to school to become a personal stylist. She went to the Fashion Institute of New York and became a personal stylist. And as a mom, I thought, well, you know, I don't want her going into people's homes and, you know, I don't know who she's going to be meeting with for personal styling. And I, so I told her at the time, I said, and this was probably 2014, I said, um, you know, what, why don't you just start a, a, like a hair salon, but for clothes so people can come to you instead of you going into their home? She said, you know, I'm just, I'm a stylist. I, I don't know any part of the business aspect of it. You know, there isn't anything like that. and I just don't want to do that. I want to just style. Okay. So I let it go for a while and it just, it kept at me for quite some time. In my own personal life, I, in 2014, I left the corporate world to do my dog business full time. My dad, who had been battling cancer for quite some 
so many years. He passed in 2016. So in 2017, I thought, you know, I'm going to open this business because I, I can't get it off my mind. I think it's brand new. No one's ever done it. It's not a me too kind of business. It's it's a trailblazing business. And so me as the entrepreneur and the inventor type I am, I thought, you know what, I'm going to blaze a trail. I created this this business in 2017, all just by the logo. So the logo was created in 2017. And then I took the next three years to really dive into, okay, what is the market like? Who, who would my clients be? What other competitors are out there? And how can I fill a niche that maybe isn't being filled, a gap in the market? So I did all this research. In 2019, I found a space up there in St. Cloud across from the mall. And I said, you know, this is perfect. I'm, I'm going to create a space for this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. So I put, you know, all my retirement money into it. I, I sunk everything into it. So we opened up end of January, middle of February um, of 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah, we got going and we shut down. So it was like a big, you know, you get so excited, you work on something for such a long time and all of a sudden shut down. That was kind of leading up to my 2020. (laughs) Oh, I got goosebumps. Oh, my goodness. How did you feel? What were you thinking? Why didn't you give up? Walk us through what was going on in your mind. Yeah. So that's kind of the funny thing, too, is... um, I had joined the Chamber of Commerce right away. And the day that they came out to take my picture for the Chamber, you know, everybody, when they join the Chamber of Commerce as a business, they come and take your picture and they wear the big top hat um, of 2020. And that morning at 4.30, I got a call from the nursing home that my mom's in and she had just passed. She, she had been in the nursing home for probably 10 years dealing with dementia. So it, it had been a really long goodbye to her. But that morning I had to get up and have my picture taken. And the funny thing is that March 11th, if you do a Google search on when did COVID start, NPR has a article out. It says the day everything. It was March 11th. <laughs> yeah. Then it was over the next week. That's all it was on the news was there's no, there's a virus. Everything has to be shut down. You know, in my mind, I'm thinking, what is this? I've never seen anything like this. And immediately I said, this is communism. And of course, my husband snapped at me and said, you better watch it. You sound crazy. And and I said, mm-hmm. it is. That's what it is. You know, this, this, there's nothing like this ever. This is not right. Um, just because of the measures that were happening they were so drastic. Was so They were so definitive on what they thought was best and what they knew. It, it, I could see through the lies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that were being told. Yeah. And, it, the, you know, that's, that's kind of where it took me was, what is happening? Like, you know, I'm building this business. I put everything, everything I have into it. Now it's closed. You know, it was a, a chapter closing with my mom's death. And now we're all of a sudden into this new, <laughs> the new normal of kind of what the hell's going on. <laughs> oh, my God. I wouldn't want to be in your place, although I, I had my share. What did you do next? I closed the business and it stayed closed for eight months. I went inside to myself. I secluded, I isolated. Even now when I hear people and see some videos on YouTube of people making videos during the pandemic and the shutdown, I'm like, what? These people were living? I didn't. I I stopped Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I got into taking, you know, both sides of of battle that was happening, just almost dumbfounded as to everything that just was so not anything I had ever seen before. Wow. 
Yeah, I, I, you're, you're bringing me back myself to that same situation. Other than that, did, so you closed for eight months, and then Minnesota reopened, and you yep. reopened as well. I did slowly. Um, I had a personal stylist pre-pandemic that during the closed time she ended up moving. So she was no longer there. And so I basically had to start from scratch. And the interesting thing was that ever, all the research I had done about, you know, how people go to work and what do they dress and what's the dress code. And now all of a sudden, you know, I'm in a, I wake up and I'm in a land where people are on Zoom calls with no pants on. <laughs> so personal styling is not even everything is different. You know, there was no, there was no events to go to. There was no conferences. There was no date nights. There was no, you know, it, it, so many things that I had originally anticipated helping people feel confident in attending, you know, by with their clothes. And the personal styling aspect of it was, was just different. So I, the COVID thing really kind of body slammed um, mm, I, Yeah. To, to get up from that. I think I'm still a little bit, I'm not the same after that, those years. You feel you're stronger or is that you're still, you know, kind of in a PTSD? Where do you assess yourself to be? I don't know if stronger is the right word. I would say I'm more knowledgeable about uh -huh. myself. I'm able to see how resilient I am, how committed I am. During that time, also, I was able to see a lot of my own long-term patterns, my patterns of procrastination, my patterns of self-sabotage, my patterns of avoidance that all came out and stared me in the face. Do you have so an example you can share of that? Because that's a very important piece right there. Sure, yeah. One thing I realized during all of this time is I'm a people pleaser. Mm. Um, I tend to put other people ahead of my own needs. And so during that time... My husband, he owns his own business as well, and I focused on helping him, helping him continue to grow his and get his up. And, and all the while, I'm saying, oh, well, my businesses, they're, they're closed anyway. I don't need to do anything. I don't need to focus on that. You know, that came yeah, to be realized And he's in the restaurant business, right? Correct. So we were both really hit by everything that happened. But I tended to put his ahead of mine and just figure, oh, well, if I get time, I'll do that. So those were some of the things that came out for me was, wow, look at, why aren't you paying attention to your own business? You know, why are, why are you thinking it's okay to just press pause? So out of that, those few years, I've been shown so much of my own habits and deep beliefs about myself and about what I do and what I create. So I feel very grateful for that, that journey through because Luckily, I've come out with lessons. I've come out with knowledge. Mm -hmm. Just, I, I, I don't want to fast forward too much from shutting down your business to now three locations. Um, I, I really want to learn what other important shifts you've done. Um, did you go into the digital world? What was your We did strategy? not. So one, one way I like to look at kind of cycles that happen are sometimes you have shifts within the market. Um, and they're big permanent, and sometimes they're cyclical. And I believe this is cyclical. I think people, uh -huh. the reason why I didn't get into the digital is because originally when I created the business, I, I wanted it person to person because I think us as humans are very 
we're made to connect with other people on a personal face-to-face level. We need that interaction, Uh need that uh, connection. The idea was, no, you're going to come in, you're going to interact with this trained professional that's going to help you with your confidence. So I didn't want to get into the technology aspect, even though my background is IT and using technology for business. I was really Uh committed to keeping things person. What I did do, though, is I stuck to my vision in knowing that it's going to come back around. People are going to start going back to work. People are going to start attending events. People are going to start coming back and wanting to interact with actual people. And so during that time, too, I did see a lot of these online uh, styling programs come, like Stitch Fix, and, you know, it's an online stylist. Even Amazon had online person. And I had some people comment and say, well, why don't you do something like that? And it just wasn't mm-hmm. aligned with how I wanted to create the business. So I, I did have that commitment, that aspect of it. I think it would have been fine if I could have added it. It's just, it wasn't something I wanted. Right. Um, I love that. And as a, as a way of looking at that too, let's talk about restaurants for a moment. You have sit-down restaurants that you go in, you sit down, there's no drive-through. And then you had all of the, you had, you know, probably in the 90s, you all of a sudden had all these restaurants pop up and they added drive-through. You know, could some of these sit-down restaurants been, you know, you got to add a drive-through. People don't want to come eat anymore. Uh-huh. Some did and some some don't. And I think it's just sticking to what you're committed to, knowing that everything comes in cycles. Right. I love that. Is your daughter even involved in your business right now? Not now. She's kind of on her own little detour. Um, I would Uh hope that she comes back to it and maybe even takes it over someday. What can happen, though, with businesses is we can push our own, what we think is right for our kids, onto them. And that's not really what their vision is or their path. So I'm trying to let go of that and say, I'm okay if she doesn't want Yeah, but it got you started. And you're still very passionate about it. Yes. So can you tell us why? Um, What's your vision underneath? Yeah, I've seen personally how people can tend to not live life fully out. They're scared Uh because they're not confident. They Uh don't want to go out and meet new friends. Therefore, they sit at home and watch TV or, you know, they don't have a good network of people. Because why? Because they're not confident in going out. Um, There's people that they die alone because they never had the confidence to get out and date and ask people for connection. Um, Mm -hmm. There's people that have ideas about business or, you know, climbing the corporate ladder or implementing some of their ideas in their job. And they don't, they sit quietly and it's all in their head. And my vision for it is that I wanted to make life coaching and personal styling approachable and affordable for the average person. Mm -hmm. And I want to make it as common as going to get your hair done or your nails done. Um, It should be something that is just so common. It's, I'm going to go see my stylist. And it's, you know, the stigma behind personal stylists is, oh, you have to be a celebrity or, oh, it's going to cost so much or, oh, they're going to make me buy a $300 pair of pants or I'm going to have to throw away all my clothes and start over. So there's a lot of uh, myths about working with a personal stylist. And yes, there are personal stylists that will do that. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to make it so that people feel comfortable and confident in their clothes. To the point of that, there used to be a saying, you know, put on your power suit. That was a big thing in the Uh 90s, you know, wearing your power suit. Because when you wear clothes that you feel confident in, you are more outgoing. You are more alive. You light up. 
Um, and there's so many makeover shows that you can watch them. If you don't believe it, watch it. Uh, one of the guys here in Minnesota, he's called themakeoverguy.com. He's in downtown Minneapolis, and he does makeovers on women, in, in usually in their 50s or older. And the transformation of these women are just amazing. Um, if you have a chance to take a look and see what he does, it's phenomenal. But you can change someone's life just by helping them with their with their appearance. You know, because right. when you when you know you look good, you're a little bit more peppy. You're a little bit more outgoing. And it, if you can have that, not once in a while when I put on that outfit, instead it's all the time. I, I look great most of the time, so I therefore I'm confident most of the time. I think it could change lives. It could change the world. When I was in California, this was back in 2017, I actually did meet with a stylist. It's part of um, a package I bought into. I, I was training to be a speaker. Part of her program is the presentation, the styling. And I was given an assessment on my colors, what colors look good on me. I also got a haircut. And we also went shopping as part of our retreat. Is this something? Uh, is this similar to what you're doing? Uh, somewhat, yes. Um, it's more of we don't we don't emphasize the packages. It's more of a a la carte. Um, so we do a fashion color analysis, find the best colors you look good in, and that's fifty nine dollars. Very very accessible for most people. We also do a body shape analysis. You know, if you're not dressing your body right, you're struggling with clothes all the time can't find anything to wear. It just doesn't feel right. It's not comfortable. Well, it could be that you're just not dressing for your body shape. We have a body shape analysis where the personal stylist will review, well, they'll measure you and then tell you what your basic body shape is and then how to use clothing, um, you know, cuts, patterns, colors, and uh, accessories that will help dress your body shape. So it's not only proportionately eye flattering, it's also comfortable. We also do uh, shop with a stylist, so a lot of times you can go out and shop and you come home with things that are they're on sale, but yet they sit in your closet and they have the tags still on them. You don't actually wear them, um, or you know maybe you hate shopping. Uh, so we do have a shop with a stylist program where you can go and meet with the stylist and they say, okay, what are you looking for? And they know the stores so well, they just they can assess your body shape and get you in the clothes that you're going to look really great in. Uh, so it saves time. You're not buying things that aren't really working for you. Um, so we do that. And then we also do a complete wardrobe uh, makeover or a, what, they, what do we call it? A complete wardrobe uh, edit. We go through your entire wardrobe and we will help you to take out things that maybe aren't serving you. They're not aligned with the vision of how you want to look. So we do that as well. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes. Uh, I went through, you know, kind of cycles, like you said, my, my tastes have really evolved from, you know, the businessy, you know, power stance that you mentioned earlier to more relaxed. In fact, yesterday in my, in meeting with my cohort, my CEOs, I was just wearing something that I would wear every day. I didn't have time to go through my class a business uh, coaching facilitation session. They liked me on my everyday clothes than in my business suit. There's a psychology behind clothing. It's very interesting. The psychology, there's what you wear is really impactful about how you show up. So when you are wearing a more casual clothing, it's probably more aligned with how you're feeling and who you are. 
And therefore, people pick up on that. You show mm-hmm. up different when you mm-hmm. are in something that is a little bit more power polish. It could be that you're not at that point yet where that outfit is really aligning with who you are at your core. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's just there's a disconnect there. And sometimes yeah. you can bridge the gap and that's really who you want to be. Or it could be, you know what, I'm okay with just being that once in a while. And that's okay too. And you're absolutely right. They pick up on it and it's all about for them to open up too. Right. And and have that, you know, community cohort experience with a group. It's it's amazing. But where does coaching land on that? Yep. And that is that's one thing that I've really shifted on since starting it. The coaching aspect of it is that we are not just our outside, we're our inside too. So you could be dressed to the nines and be a mess on the inside. Or you could be on the top of your game on the inside, but the outside doesn't reflect it. So it's really about creating that mess between your inside and outside so that you reflect your authenticity. So are your stylists also the coach or you have a separate coach? They're separate. The coaching that we connect with, it's all like the a la carte. I like the idea that we're making coaching affordable and accessible to people that need it. I know when I think back on, you know, my dad, he died at the age of 84. And when I was cleaning out his apartment, I found this engagement ring that he had showed me at one point in his top dresser door drawer. And over the years, him and my mom, were they divorced when I was around five years. And he was single up until he died. But over the years, he said, you know, I kind of like to be able to, you know, find a, a wife, some someone to share life with, do things with. Mm. And he was very outgoing. He was very, he loved to go to movies, fishing, he'd travel, everything by himself. He'd go on drives, he'd go on Sunday drives, all by himself. He'd go out to dinner almost every night by himself. He had that deep desire to connect with someone and share his life again with somebody. It was, it, that was really a determining factor for me opening this as well and saying, you know, if he would have had somewhere to go that could help him with dating coach, a dating coach that would say, okay, where are you going to, where are you going to go find people or here, let me help you with your dating profile or, you know, let's get a date outfit for you. So you feel confident. I mean, that's, that's a lot to put on me as a daughter to help my dad date. (laughs) (laughs) So having a place where people can go to get the help that they need. So when I think about how I price things and how I package things, that's always in the back of my mind of, okay, would, would this be something my dad would have wasn't a rich guy that could drop $5,000 on a coaching package. He just wouldn't, he wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then there's also the moms, the single moms that, or even not even single moms, they're just moms. And they've, they put their kids and their family above their own needs. They need coaching too, but they would never ever. And so, some of them that I'm thinking, I know there are some that do, but there are some people in particular that I have in mind that they would, they have trouble buying clothes for themselves. They're not going to buy a, a big package, but I want to be able to connect them because I think life coaches are so valuable to a person. They can change someone's life. Having them accessible people, even though they might not be able to afford the bigger package is important to me. And so I work with coaches that would offer by session. Mm-hmm. So maybe they can only afford to come once every three months, but they're still doing it. They're still saying, you know what, I, I need help. That's one thing that I've realized, even in myself, uh, but for so many people, is it's hard to ask for help. Right. 
so many of us want to do it all on our own and be in that vulnerable position and say, you know what, I need help. Uh That's huge. Now, talk to me about affordability for your clients and you as a business owner being able to absorb that. It's going to affect your profitability. How are you bridging the gap? Yeah, and that's been a a little bit of a struggle, (laughs) but it is. It's finding the right pricing that people would pay. All of my stylists and makeup artists and life coaches, they're independent contractors. So they set their own prices for their session. And then we just do a percentage split. I handle the website. I do Google advertising, Facebook advertising, Instagram advertising. So I really try to promote these independent contractors under the brand of Best Me 360. I do all the scheduling and, and that part of it and the payment processing. And your coaches come into the location? Previously, I had wanted all the coaches to be virtual, meaning it's just by Zoom, by by phone. However, after everything, I feel like that doesn't align with my vision of everything else. Right. That's why I, I was I, asking I, that. Yeah. Yeah. So having having local coaches is really is what I'm shifting to is I have spaces that our personal stylists and makeup artists meet with the client um, on a, on a face-to-face basis. And I want to be able to provide that same thing of let the coach come and meet with our best 360 clients in a face-to-face way. That's amazing. And I know you're opening one in Roseville. I need to ask you this. So the name of the podcast is Soul Power to the People, Returning the Soul Power to the People. Can you talk about why you agreed to come on the show? I see so many people scared to live out loud. They're making themselves small. They're scared to show their the power that they have that is at a soul level, the commitment to the things that they really want, but they don't have maybe the support Mm -hmm. to go after it. And I think there's so many, so many people that are in jobs these days and it's not what they like. It isn't what they want to do, but it pays their bills and they just slowly try to quiet that internal scream from their soul of you should be working in this field or you should be doing this. And they have this internal argument of, well, I can't, I'm not confident enough, or I don't think I'd be good enough, or, you know, how would I ever make money at that? And sometimes the people around them, they want to keep them small, not out of spite or malice, but out of comfort, familiarity, extending an arm to someone and saying, hey, if you have a dream to do something, whether it's I want to get married, I want to start a business, I want to be a speaker, I want to be an actor, I want to be a comedian, whatever they want to be, you know, having that place where they can go and get the help to become who it is that will light their soul up, I think is is kind of my passion. That's amazing. Because I've been told too, to go back to your job, right? <laughs> Just get a job. And it's, it's selfish to think of your dreams all the time. You know, we are programmed to put our dreams last and uh, be there for other people, like you've already emphasized in the beginning. Be there for other people and sweep yours under the the rug. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, when I started coaching, it really opened up my eyes to, like what you said, people-pleasing. When I learned Mm -hmm. that about myself, I was living. I was reading a book. The title is, if I remember correctly, When Helping Others Hurt You. And it's all about Mm. 
guilt, all about the guilt we carry inside, and hence we feel guilty, so we set aside our own in order to be there for others. And yeah. there's another term right now, servant leadership. I, I do have a problem with the term. You can serve mm-hmm. without leaving yourself last. But that's right. another conversation for another day. What's your advice then for people who have numbed and dumped themselves just to fit in, just to put food on the table, just not to rock the boat, just peace in the family, and also just to survive in the world. What's your advice? Yeah, is find find people that are like-minded, that are also going after what it is that they want and get courage from them, be inspired by them. The term that has a whole new set of, of things I want to put together is self-abandonment. Because I've Mm -hmm. I've noticed in myself the self-abandonment that I've done, and it's so easy to do. And our society today tends to almost reward that. You you have the mom that she's running herself ragged, you know, working full time, taking care of the kids, putting her family first. You know, she's lucky if she goes to get her nails done. Well, self-care isn't just about getting your nails done. It's about Asking yourself, what do I want? You know, some really good indications that you might be self-abandoning are as simple as, what do you want for dinner? Yeah. And right there. It, it'll tell you. It'll tell you if you're self-abandoning. Because if you're like, oh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's fine. Whatever you want. Red flag. Red flag. Yeah. Or it's, you know, I would like hamburgers. And somebody says, well, no, I don't, I don't want hamburgers. Let's get pizza. Okay. That right there yeah. is self-abandonment. And it's it can ruin your life. You're going to wake up one day. And you're going to realize I've wasted my entire life mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. doing what I want to do. I'm in a job that I don't like. I'm in a you know a relationship I don't like. I'm in city I don't like. You know, if you have all these desires of, you know, I really want a good relationship. I really want to live in a warmer climate. I really want, then do it. You know what? Do it. And sometimes you don't have to leave everything you have relationships is a good example. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. we say, oh gosh, I could never ask for that. We wouldn't be together or he would leave me or I don't know. You would be Mm -hmm. surprised. It's actually when you're your most most authentic self that you're showing your true self and that person might actually love you more, not less. Totally. I so totally agree with that. And only, you know, if you shift, we're, we're always afraid that it will not be received well. Well, there's also many ways of it landing well so that you're going through a transformation and it doesn't totally disrupt the relationship. In fact, the other person will will want what you want without making him or her do what you're doing. It's so amazing. Once you step into it, your your vision for yourself, like what you've been saying, uh, Sarah, this whole time is just being authentically you, uh, not be afraid to go after what you want. You really will surprise yourself. The number of people, the new faces in your life that's more aligned with that vision, you, you'll get encouragement. Uh, you're, you're more radiant and more confident. And then the person around you is also shifting and evolving. And mm-hmm. if they don't, that's their choice. And that's okay, too. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's a very it's a very interesting thing. I, I'm I'm very very much focused on watching myself too, because uh, it's so easy to get into the people pleasing mentality. Yes, yes. So where are your three locations? Uh, we have one in Wake Park, 
um, which is across the street from the mall in St. Cloud. We have one inside the mall in St. Cloud. And now we will have one right across the street from the Rosedale Mall in Roseville. And so what possessed you to open up more? Uh, I wanted to get into the market down in the Twin Cities, one, because there's a lot more people to help. And two, it aligns with my vision. Um, My vision is that I have these things all over the place. The Best Me 360 brand really is connecting personal service professionals with people who need help in living their fullest life, whether that be in their career, managing money, you know, looking their best, having the confidence um, in how they're showing up or how they're appearing, making, jumping out of bed in the morning. I think that's, it's easy to go into the depths of the mundane and let days and weeks and months and years go by. And before you know it, Life is over. If you're not living right now, start. Yes, yes. Uh, that was my own awakening. I I was not afraid of dying. This was my, my own aha moment. Uh, it was not dying I was afraid of. It was not living my life to the fullest. Mm-hmm. My last question for you, uh, what's your vision for your business going forward? Where do you see your business in the coming years? And what do you see outside of your business, where is our world going to? Yeah, the business is, you know, if I can get multiple locations up and going, that would be ideal. That, that's what I want. As far as where society is going and some of the craziness that we've seen, the, I want to call it, the butting of heads of ideas. I used to think it was bad. I used to think we were on the wrong path. Um, but I think these are just the birth pangs of the next level of our society. When it comes down to it, we are all just humans. Mm-hmm. Granted, yes, there is pure evil, but they say that, you know, what you focus on, you'll get more of. And so uh, from my perspective, I'm trying to focus on what can I do? What What's in my control? Because what I've learned too is, especially during everything that's happened, I tried to control things I could. And that is such a frustrating Thanks. and draining place to be. What is the serenity prayer to know what I can change and know what I can't? As everything evolves, we're just a tiny piece in the whole collective. Granted, we can change uh, things on a smaller scale as we build momentum. It's going to do what it's going to do, and I surrender to what is. That's beautiful. That is so beautiful, Sarah. Thank you so much for coming on to Soul Power to the People podcast. Do you have any final words? If anyone listening wants to learn more about Best Me 360, uh, you just go to my best bestme360.com and you can see our location uh, book any appointment i'd love to come see you in roseville pretty soon sounds great (laughs) all right well thank you everyone for joining us today at soul part to the people podcast i love this conversation with sarah it's so pure it's so heartfelt it's exactly what the world needs right now to focus on your own gift to focus on your becoming and this is how we all all of us are going to change the face of the earth is if we learn to go within, learn how to unleash the talents, possibilities that's remaining dormant in us. If we keep sweeping it under the rug, if we keep self-abandoning, if we keep living in that despair and numbness and not knowing who we truly are, there's so much radiance, there's so much soul power inside waiting to be discovered, waiting to be unleashed. And I feel that that is the answer 
So what's going on with the whole problem in the society right now in the world at large? It's really you stepping into your soul power. My name is Tessa Vergara. Thank you so much for joining us. I'll see you again soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Soul Power to the People podcast with Tess Vergara. We can no longer be the spectators of our own destruction. Take back your mind, take back your voice, take back your soul, take back your power. Join me again next time for the next episode of Soul Power to the People.